I'm Chalice Media Group publisher Brad Lyons. Chalice is proud to support inspiring authors like Shonda Jha, who encourage us to discover new ways each of us can change our world every day. Check out our library of social justice and anti-racism titles at chalicemedia.org. Welcome to Their Ancestors' Wildest Dreams, a podcast on ancestors and activism. I'm your host, Shonda Ja, community organizer, anti-oppression consultant, and author of Rebels, Despots, and Saints, The Ancestors Who Free Us and the Ancestors We Need to Free. In 2019, a group of black doctors-to-be lined up in front of the slave quarters at Whitney Plantation for a photo, which was captioned, We Are Our Ancestors' Wildest Dreams. That statement is true for them, and for some of us, and for others of us, we might hope to do work that transforms our ancestors. In each episode of this show, you get to meet one of my favorite activists and learn about their journey with ancestors. Today's activist is Kat Gilia, aka KG, who describes herself as a daughter, cousin, and sweets who organizes money for land-based movements in a spirit of joyful redistribution and repair. Kat was a lifeline to me when I was trying to figure out fundraising strategies at the Oakland Peace Center, the nonprofit I had founded, because she really does understand the connections between money, justice, and right relationship. That means she also understands the relationship between our ancestors and us. I know you will love the wisdom she drops. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to start out with a pretty easy, but also pretty big question. Who are you in the world and what activism matters to you these days? Real softball. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me to be in conversation with you. It feels like a big honor as uh, you've been a mentor of mine for a long time. So I really appreciate it. Um, We have done some pretty great work together. (laughs) so I who am I in the world Uh, that is a big question I think what did first come to mind was being a child of uh, the northern prairie and the forest although displaced and a settler in that place as well and a daughter uh, Mm. in particular and a partner and a cousin um to a crew of kids in our lives. Um, Yay. yay. Yeah. I'm also lesbian, queer. I'm disabled. I'm white. Um, My ethnic connections and descendancies are Norwegian and English and German. And I have been called into organizing for a long time. I was trained, have been trained as a community organizer and I'm really grateful for that. Um, I'm a lover of Jesus and my ancestral um, nature-based traditions, which I'm kind of excavating and I'm coming to learn that I can do both of those things, love all of that at the same time. And part of my body may or may not be heading, you know, underground (laughs) in a fiery pit. (laughs) Um, But um, 
<laughs> those are all things I'm claiming now. Uh, That's and now I've moved, you know, into, you know, in organizing, there's a lot of approaches to that. Um, Mm -hmm. organizing people, organizing narrative change, transformative organizing and organizing money. And I am working mm -hmm. right now in organizing money and engaging, engaging and accompanying people of wealth in the mm -hmm. journey around redistribution in the spirit of repair. And that's become more important to me. I loved the term you used at one point, wealth chaplain. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yes. Or doula. Or... Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's actually perfect because one of the, that's uh, beautiful because one of the other guests on this show uh, refers to herself as a justice doula. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So that feels very interconnected. That's beautiful. So Kat, tell me what got you interested in ancestors. Well, I think it was the ancestors. I wish yeah. I could take credit for that, but I think it's the prodding and the magic and the poking and the, the whisperings that just kind of wouldn't let me go. Yeah. And I, I think I also have a curiosity um, in unpacking an identity as a white person on this land. How did we come here this way and why uh, inherit uh, such a violent uh, legacy? And I have a lot of questions about um, my, you know, blood family's role in that and what shaped us and how we came here. So I think that question also brought me, but in the reality, the sticking with it is, comes from, comes from them, I believe, and certain ones of them. I have a lot of fear around connecting with my ancestors too. So I'm really in the, um, in the like, the winter piece of this yeah. work, like letting it incubate and learning and being open and being opened to being actually tender and compassionate enough to be open to those relationships. Um, so, but yeah, I would say it's, awesome. it's really, really that keep popping up and I do have a, a yearning to try and attempt to do my part alongside the loving presence around us to heal intergenerational harm and trauma, because as I think about um, what I might be passing along and passing down, you know, I'd like to um, be more aware of what I've inherited and, and what healing might need to take place. I think that's so needed. I really appreciate that. So I feel like you've already begun to talk about this, but what were the challenges you faced as you engaged your ancestors? Oh, I so like how I put that in the past tense, like that's not, they're <laughs> yes. not still challenging. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, immobilization of shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. I think it's willful denial of some of the histories. I, I think it's inheriting uh, the stories of whiteness and white supremacy, along with some willful denial and hopes that I uh, could not be part of that somehow, you know, um, kind of an individual a hope of salvation rather than inheriting our collective story and working from there. Mm -hmm. um, I think it can be really immobilizing the, the, the fear of what's in that line and yeah. uh, shame around it. And also just um, the lack of 
rituals that were mm-hmm. um, some of them, which were, you know, really forcefully um, burned out of long time ago, you know, people in my line and also some that have been forgotten or left behind intentionally or yeah. as people have worked to assimilate and um, be part of this place and take over this place um, lost. And so reclaiming and like doing that work of, of, um, it like feels like kind of with someone holding, you know, something over my eyes and my ears, like feeling yeah. into which of these practices and um, vehicles of connection really are, are mine and which are not for me to touch, you know? Right. And so it's slow. Um, and there's not a lot of like white papers I can read on it, you know, it's yes. a whole bunch of different processes that yeah. I need to follow. Yeah. Yeah. There's not like a bundled, here's how to do it. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I get to the next kind of official question, what, if anything, have you found helps get you unstuck in those moments of, oh my gosh, this is all too much? Mm-hmm. Definitely being in community. Yeah. Um, being in community of others who are on this path for whatever variety of reasons. So... Um, that collective courage and accountability helps. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll say one of the communities that I'm part of is something called Jubilee Justice, um, which is a two-year journey uh, of about 40 people uh, across race and class um, who are looking at uh, a journey together, a reparative genealogy journey Um a journey that relates to tracing our own histories and our shared history with, with genealogy, but also then confronting some of the, the white supremacy, doing some truth telling and doing some intentional repair and, and healing work together and kind of taking it as it comes. And that journey um, has been, you know, profound and has offered me a lot of guidance and commitment, you know? Yeah. Uh, and also there's a number of different cohorts, the white awake um, mm-hmm. cohort on uh, kind of learning about uh, identity and being in cohorts. And within that, there's a queer um, group or, you know, being able to be in groups where I'm, I'm kind of unearthing some of that ancestry work alongside yeah. many of my different identities um, has been really helpful. And then some somatics work, actually. There's mm. um, some folks that are kind of working with the ancestral medicine way, as I understand it. Like, I'm a beginner at all of this. So, yeah. Um, and applying uh, somatics. And so I was able to work with a practitioner out of kind of the generative somatics and Strozzi lineage that's combining that work with um, ancestral repair and healing. So for me, it's it's connection to community and others that are doing this, you know, and friends and community members and faith community members that are passionate about this, that, um, keep me going. (laughs) Just out of curiosity, do you find, and this is another tangent, so forgive me. Do you find that that somatics work in its own way is connecting you to some ancestral practices? I just find myself thinking, you know, we talk sometimes about white supremacy culture, um, without always being super specific about it, what it, what it is. And my understanding is 
whether it's white supremacy culture or enlightenment culture being that disconnection of body and mind or body and heart, body and uh, soul. And sometimes we talk about that being like a white thing, but the fact of the matter is a lot of ancestors, including the ancestors of white people, saw deeper connections between body and heart, body and soul. And I was wondering, does anything about that somatics work feel connective to your ancestors? Yeah, I think it's through that container that I've been able to travel much further back um, and in a different way than like researching the, you know, the genealogies or the stories using my mind um, and writing. But yes, through a centering um, and grounding container that's that's grounded in purpose, which yeah. I really like about the that approach and appreciate and um, and then to um, be able to witness what my body is feeling. You know, first I had to grow my own experience of what is a feeling. <laughs> And yeah. um, which feeling might this be on the feelings chart, you know? Yep. Um, and a lot of, I think that work is so important to healing and changing and ending white supremacy because there's so much that we do not to feel, which allows us to continue mm -hmm. on um, participating in very violent systems. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, that there's, and then there's like in that a magic and I feel mm. like I've connected way back and that's to some very um, more protective and aligned ancestors from long, long ago. Um, and it's helped me connect with practices like the rune stones, which mm. are in my uh, ancestral lineage. And yeah, it's, it's like that container of, listening and being able to feel, listening to my body, recognize my own conditioned responses and um, experimenting with being much more choiceful about, mm -hmm. you know, just even being in choice. Oh, is this the response I'm going to have right now? Or am I able to make a different choice right now? Yeah. And that like set of skills, um, you know, I do believe, you know, white supremacy is about bodies. And yeah. so I think, as part of this work, connecting with our bodies is fundamental and reconnecting, yep. remembering. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, remembering our bodies, yes. remembering our ancestors. Yes. Um, and then I feel like that is also very connected to the earth. Um, the way that we treat our bodies and other people and the earth are all connected. So I feel like we're kind of tapping into the next question already, which is, what gifts have you experienced as you engage ancestors? Yeah, I've experienced, well, the gift of um, community that's um, on this journey and um, and imperfectly on this journey together. Uh, so a release of a need to be perfect, um, which is a huge gift as um, we emerge, you know, we're trying kind of, claw our way out of some of those white supremacy culture characteristics yeah. um and some so in some ways that's kind of a liberation thing huh yeah absolutely oh yeah you know uh you can just begin to see the layers that have been cloaked on top 
of, you know, you know what I believe in, uh, you know, a love planted creature among all the other, you know, yeah. creatures of, of this world, but all the layers there. So grappling with those layers in community, um, uh, relationships that I never thought I'd be able to have, um, uh, much in some of them, uh, uh, traditions and like inklings and a sense of magic and possibility. I do believe I'm connecting with a tradition in my line around um, women as pretty fierce healers that I'm excited to, to learn more about. Um, I think I've been really moved and this deeply resonated with me. Um, Aurora Levens Morales writes about embracing rootedness and it's, she writes a lot about the integrity, the, like all of a sudden the feeling of, of not being in denial, um, but of a deliberate, um, kind of alignment and integrity that comes with, um, beginning to be able to claim these ancestors and, um, uh, not accept and work toward, uh, writing some of the violence, you know, that we benefited from. And also, you know, kind of claiming them as, as mine, as the complicated mm -hmm. mind and being open to doing that with some compassion or even like excitement, um, which is really hard for me. It's, uh, yeah. I think I really get to the root of my punitive inside nature where, and I espouse all these things around, I want to transform, you know, right. the ways we work together from, um, sentencing people to time in prison. And I see how that has led to so much devastation and harm mm -hmm. and is fueled by so much racism. And at the same time to excavate something besides a punitive approach to, um, yeah. not even harms that I'm sure of, but things that might've happened that are yeah. likely wrong. I'm like, wow, it's uh, made it really visible to me how much, um, how hard it is for me to embrace uh, an experiment with what might open up actually toward healing and repair and justice with a more compassionate and yet rigorous, you know, and honest yeah. um, relationship there. But it's very, that's really hard. And uh, can I ask, are, is there a particular story of an ancestor or an experience you've had in connecting with ancestors that is particularly meaningful to you that you'd be willing to share? Mm, I have a few. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, I think because uh, this is my, my dad's birthday week. Um, and he's an ancestor and I, one story that was quite powerful actually is uh, the Christmas after he passed away. Um, I was at my mom's house and we were making it through. He, he passed earlier than he or we expected and more quickly and um, we weren't prepared for that. So we were making it through and I returned to my house with my partner and I get this call from my mom and she says, um, the dog, which was my brother's dog at the time, um, has like grabbed something in a piece of newspaper. And I think it's for you. And so I'm going to send it to you. Yeah. 
And it was my dad and I had a tradition of wrapping uh, presents in like newspaper, old magazine. We were all about uh, recycling and handmade. And my dad was pretty like thrifty too. So um, he, so the dog had found this gift, which had, it was wrapped in newspaper and it had my dad's handwriting. It was for me. And he had squirreled it away sometime, probably a few years. Maybe he'd forgotten about it. I'm not sure. Or maybe it comes from the beyond. But it's a heart um, that uh, has these two dragonflies. And on the back, in his handwriting, he wrote on it, you know, in a permanent marker, it says, our spirit whispers, make time to listen. Wow. Love and hope always, Dad. Oh, my gosh. And I know. So I am a person that... You know, I'm always like, I know we don't need signs. You know, I know you told us, why are you looking for the signs? Like, and when I get a sign, I greatly appreciate it. So that's, Absolutely. that's one story. And I find little, um, little things, little pieces of paper, little mementos that I feel like are like crumbs that he leaves yeah. sometimes. Um, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So are there any rituals or practices that you use that help you connect with ancestors? I feel like everybody does this a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, Well, I have been lucky enough to be in this cohort with Jubilee Justice and uh, Yay Tish. Lisa Tish is part of the coordinating body of this. And she leads us in... um, meditations and Mm. offers and demands certain practices. So I have been led by that. And um, I want to name and appreciate that very much in that cohort. I also, I have an altar practice, um, which is part of that, but I have an ancestral altar that I change often with the seasons or also when something is kind of coming up that I feel like is from that. Um, from the ancestors, like it's time to look at this and change this up. Um, Which requires I, you to be able to listen. <clears throat> yes, listening is key, you know. Yeah. So, spending time at that altar and/or elsewhere, um, like stopping and listening, um, and beginning to trust, getting to know that mm-hmm. intuition, and also. Um, yeah, listen to exactly what it is and like not move quickly on it. Let it, mm-hmm. let it gestate, you know? Um, I do feel like I do cultural practices. I was mm-hmm. in particular raised with some uh, aversion I, with Scandinavian American, you know, Americanized kind of uh, cultural traditions that I carry on and the genealogical research and reconnecting back to some of the places where my family's from have been, I feel like practices that have also helped Mm -hmm. Um, learning some Norwegian, learning some histories. Yeah. Um, I'm making staffs. Like this is a thing that's come to me in my meditations. And then all of a sudden I I find out this huge tradition of women with staffs like way back, but like, it's like, yes, this plant, this elderberry and elderberry grew these amazing branches. And I've been able to make these, elderberry staffs and now I've realized um that you know long long ago in my tradition women you know powerful women were walking around healers and spiritual you know yeah um, 
with staffs and also as someone who's, you know, disabled a, a staff mm -hmm. and support like that is very helpful. So I feel like it's this merging of, um, of lineages for me, which is really powerful. I, love that. I feel like I'm most, you know, alongside my blood ancestors connecting um, with disabled ancestors and mm -hmm. queer ancestors has mm -hmm. been important. And I feel particularly tender about and have been coming forward right now, especially um, people who have been sick or disabled in my line and like mm -hmm. want to have a conversation. So I'm right at the beginning yeah. of embracing that and being with that. But um, I think that's also really important. Well, and I think that's so important because, and I talk a little bit about this in the book, uh, so many of our ancestors with disabilities, so many of our queer ancestors got erased from the stories that we inherit, right? And yeah, so yeah. finding ways to see, to find them in between the lines of the official stories, being able to be conscious of them and being able to listen to them is even more important, even though it is sometimes more difficult. So I really appreciate mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how has the work you've done in connecting with ancestors strengthened you in your work for justice? And I feel like the whole conversation's mm -hmm. already been about that. So this is maybe just a summation, but. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, I definitely think it's helped me be much more humble when I grapple mm. with the complexity of my ancestry and it's helped me realize to even deeper levels in an ongoing way, although I do not know. Um, and that helps perhaps on my best days be, um, you know, less self-righteous and maybe more just seeking justice mm -hmm. um, alongside others. Um, I feel that, uh, the work with ancestors has led me to reconnect with the land and the people of that land and the stories of the land on where yeah. I live yeah. and where my family uh, lived on this place and where they arrived in this, you know, place of Turtle Island or the United States mm -hmm. and then where they're from before then. And that has been extremely meaningful and led me to relationship of, um, with people, you know, who have been in these places for thousands and thousands for time immemorial, you know, and attempt to listen to what their guidance, their priorities are and mm -hmm. accept invitation, you know, when, when offered to be in relationship or be in action around some of that has been really, um, I can feel a lot of the, the shivers line up and that's, yeah. you know, here, you know, with, uh, Sogoreate and, mm -hmm. uh, the Ohlone people and also in the great plains. And I, I believe in kind of the combo of let's, let's begin some of these things we know, you know, like my, uh, great grandparents and grandparents being able to live in Nebraska and in Iowa was relying mm -hmm. upon the removal and um, of Lakota people and yeah. the tremendous slaughter of Buffalo. And so how could I be part of a Lakota led return of the Buffalo, for example, mm -hmm. because that will be a piece of the repair work. And how can I be in 
listening to what the Anishinaabe in northern Minnesota um, and the Dakota people there are up to mm -hmm. when it comes to returning land or line yeah. three or yep. the many active struggles. So I feel like there's things we can do now or, you know, the black land sanctuary that's being created there, you know, and all of these yes. issues intersect. So, um, yeah, I think being led back to very genuinely where we came from and through and where I live now. And then what is it mine to do now? A lot of it has to do for me with, um, excavating, you know, Jesus, from white empire Christianity mm -hmm. and figuring out what that means when it comes to our communities and our buildings and our land of our yeah. whole conference. So, and none of these questions are answered for me. Um, there's a lot of possible uh, and right paths that I hope and pray that we move into together. Um, yeah. I love that. Thank you. So this may align with what you were just sharing about, but I wonder if there are experiences you've had with the ancestors that have helped you tap into joy. And I think this is a particularly important question for, uh, particularly because I'm, I'm assuming that the, the episodes featuring white people will draw more white listeners. And I feel like this is a particularly important question for, um, white people engaging ancestors because in the same way as other justice work there's always this anxiety about okay i know this is important but it's going to be hard and it's going to be awful and i'm doing it because i'm supposed to and it's the right thing my experience is there are also moments of light and joy and um surprise that are part of this journey with ancestors i i wonder if you've had some of those experiences mm. Yeah, thanks for this question. Um, yes, and I don't believe that for white people it needs to be all joyous for us to be mm -hmm. all in. I want to say that, you mm -hmm. know, and I also do not believe we need to be intentionally martyrs and like constantly the way we have to show up as, as ashamed and horrified people. Right. So um, I really appreciate your invitation here uh, with this question. I, for me, the... Um, there's no doubt that I come from a line of trickster ancestors and yes. jokesters and, um, and the number of times that I find myself in places, if I, if I begin to listen and then actually say yes to the invitations, it's like, Oh, wow, they're, they're way ahead here. Or they wanted me to learn this this way. How interesting, oh. you know, um, a lot of that. And a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, self-deprecating humor in the line which I um, love and a lot of really corny um, things. <laughs> so I will say I find joy in that. And Absolutely. I, I, for me, I am clear and I don't know exactly how, but the dance comes from that place in me. And mm -hmm. um, I'm struggling with that and working with it as mm. my um, body lives with a lot of pain and some immobility and, like, how do I embrace that now? And what is that now? But I know there's there's not a much slower path to that feeling of joy than really loud music. And oftentimes it's ancestral music. I'm putting on some fiddle jams, you know, yes. and like letting, you know, my body move and dance and enjoy yeah. and like learning some of those ancestral things. Um, 
I lend a lot of, and you know, honestly, the joy of being able to like, okay, it's not like, how can I, you know, I can't really pretend I don't inherit what we inherit here, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, well, yes. While like taking it on, uh, it feels, I feel the shame and the intensity, you know? And yeah, I think that's important. It's just like, how do I, how do I take that on with integrity and balance also, um, these harms and mm-hmm. with some of their, their gifts, you know, and how they yep. move through, yep. um, and some of their creativity. And, um, I really, one of the things, um, that has happened to me lately is I was connecting to an ancestor. I didn't know much about at all. And she turns out to have been a, a white woman suffragette in Wisconsin. And, um, you know, I have all these issues about why did white women, um, you know, in that moment when it could have been a multiracial struggle for um, voting mm-hmm. rights, you know, of course, you know, the the intentional turn to make this happen yeah. for white women and yeah. um, not for black women um, has been a source of um, a lot of uh anger and pain and shame for me. And so then all of a sudden this white suffragette pops up in my lineage, very strong Theodora. And mm-hmm. um, when I was in this circle, we were asked actually at a Jubilee justice retreat we had um, on a former plantation in the South, we were asked to embody some of our ancestors to do some wow. of this work. And uh, she was the one that came to me and I was embodying her and the level at which I felt that she wanted me to ask these questions um, has just been a source of tremendous inspiration when, when I get afraid to ask my white ancestors the questions mm. that I'm afraid of all the things that if I'm, if I'm real, I'm afraid of. I hold both tremendous judgment and tremendous like respect and also mm-hmm. probably some fear of yeah. these, of these people. And for her, and I'm told, you know, that, um, there's all these signs all around me that white people have a really hard time grappling with this history and don't want to, and aren't willing or able to sometimes, you know, people say, and, and she's like, we can talk about hard things, you know? And it was, yes, yeah. hard for her to do this suffragette work. And we can have this conversation across the lines about what happened and how that racism showed up. And I wish I could have a conversation like body to body with her, but we can have this across this line. And I feel I was, I was afraid to connect with her because I had all those feelings of judgment and disappointment. And when I connected, I, she has been like my force for when I feel that fear around, um, I'm afraid I'll get disowned by my, I don't know what it's intense fear, you know, and I'll just name that. And um, I'm not proud of that, but it it, it comes up and I feel like she's really helping me with like, Oh no, 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 we can, you know, you're here to um, figure some of this out in the way that you can. And you're going to leave some things that you wish you would have done a whole lot better, you know, but take your time to do this part and know, learn what you know and, and change, you know, don't do it the same. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm so grateful for all of this, Kat. Uh, is there anything that you want to make sure we talk about that we didn't already cover? I'll just say that when I was preparing for this, I drew this rune 
which is called Burkana, and it's about growth and rebirth. And I drew it reversed, which means that I'm not quite ready. Um, Like I'm still cooking hard and I have some work to do (laughs) to understand uh, how to best connect with my ancestors. Like this work in me is not ready for prime time. So I'm here with you with a lot of hopes that there's something that serves, but a lot of like um, questions and fear. And I know I'm not ready. So um, I feel like we're all in formation in this journey. I think that that's fair. Uh, I hope that you would draw the same rune. 10 years from now. I don't know if that's encouraging. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, that's beautiful. Kat, are there any pluggables you want to plug? The pluggables. Um, well, I do this work um, uh, that Jubilee Justice is doing or coming to the table where people are intentionally engaging in reparative genealogy and ancestry work. I really do want to plug. I I love the idea of us beginning intentions and actions of repair where we live. So if there is an indigenous um, land mm-hmm. tax or offering that's requested here, it's the Shumi land tax, but it's an honor tax in other places. You know, it depends on where you live. I, I yeah. recommend that we all um, consider that and look at also um, there's a reparations fund here in Oakland, a black reparations fund. So I think there's some things that we can all start doing as we do this ancestral work that accompany it and strengthen it. Um, and we don't have to have it all figured out before we start taking action. Um, and, and some of that is funding and I know all of us don't have access to financial resources. So some of it's relationships or Mm -hmm. showing up at action service, Mm -hmm. um, being behind the, you know, database or whatever ways your body can be part of something like that. So, um, those are things I wanted to share. I think for um, white people, you know, get, being um, interested and willing to work with other white people to uncover some of this together. So we make sure not to uh, unintentionally or intentionally outsource this labor onto people of color is helpful. So there's the white awake courses. There's mm. um, there's a somatic community for white racial justice organizers um, that helps us you know, reconnect with our bodies and look at the ways white supremacy shows up in our bodies. It has been a portal for me on this work. And there's a, a, lot, a lot of different communities, but I try and re re go to that over and over because there's so much for me to learn. And also then um, we can support other people doing this work, um, uncovering it together and then being mindful of, are we spending all our time there because we need to be in relationships yeah. of, you know, commitment and accountability right, to right. and with indigenous people, black people, people of color. So communities yeah. of color and those organizing agendas. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much. Kat, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for asking me. Thank you for your work. I can't wait to hear your update. Are you going to share? Will you be willing to share how it's going, where you are with your work? The book comes out in two weeks. Oh, are you serious? Mm-hmm. I did not know. Wow. In some ways, this podcast is my book launch. Um, I couldn't figure out a safe and inclusive way to do an in-person book yeah. launch. And I couldn't do another Zoom book launch. I did one incredibly, uh, it was incredibly life-giving, but I don't have another one of those in me. So yeah. Uh, the podcast and then in May, a virtual summit on ancestors and activism. That's kind of how I'm rolling the book out. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Very exciting. That's very exciting. 
Thanks for listening. I hope you found inspiration in this episode for deepening your own connections with ancestors. This has been Shonda Ja. If you haven't had a chance to read my book, Rebels, Despots, and Saints, you can find it at Chalice Media Group or by ordering from your favorite local bookstore. Thanks to Matt DiStefano for his fantastic editing skills and to Chalice Media Group for supporting the show. If you don't already have May 11th through 13th in your calendar for the virtual summit on ancestors and activism, what are you waiting for? You can find out more at shondajaw.com. Here's hoping that you find ways to be some of your ancestors' wildest dreams and that you find ways to repair the harm of other ancestors at the same time.